here's the principle for us to get clear in our minds that God will do what only he can do as you do what he has called you to do. God will do what only he can do when you do what he has called you to do. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick, and we're continuing the message today, Seeing and Believing. And Colin, last time we were looking at problems at a wedding, which Jesus was actually invited and present at. Isn't that striking? If Jesus is there, you would think there wouldn't be a problem, rather like the storm on the lake. If Jesus is in the boat, then uh, how can there be a storm? But the reality is that difficulties come to uh, Christians when Jesus Christ is in our lives. He's present with us. And here we are, a a married Christian couple, and uh, you're facing difficulties. And the Bible addresses that reality, and it does it in a way that gives wonderful hope. And we saw last time that the hope really began when Mary, the mother of our Lord, asked Jesus for help. What we're going to look at today is what we need to do when Jesus Christ is about to work. And I hope that today will be a means of encouraging you to have hope in Jesus Christ for what he's able to do, even when marriage is in trouble. Well, join us in John chapter 2 as we continue with our message, Seeing and Believing. Here's Colin. Here's how you pray where the wine is running out. You say, Lord Jesus Christ, here is what is happening. Here is the need. You lay it before him. And you ask him to advance his great purpose in your life, in and through this situation. In other words, husband, you don't come to Christ and say, The wine's running out in my marriage, so please change her. You don't, wife, come and and say, the wine is running out in my marriage, so please change him. What you are invited to do is to come and to bring the need. The wine is running out in our marriage before the Lord hears the reality of what we are facing. And Lord Jesus, our great desire is that your glory would be revealed and that your great purpose would be advanced and we are ready to do anything towards that end. And if your spouse is not in a position where he or she is ready to come with you in that kind of prayer, take the initiative and start praying that way yourself. Lord Jesus Christ, you know the wine is running out. And I want that your glory should be revealed, and I'm ready for whatever that will take. Lord, advance your great purpose even here and in this. So here's the first thing. How did this miracle happen? Mary asks and submits herself to the will of Jesus Christ. That's something that we can do today. Wonderful thing for us to do. The first thing for us to do whenever we experience the wine running out. Now notice the second thing. Trust Jesus and obey his commands. Trust Jesus and obey his commands. And here I want us to look particularly at the example of the servants who play a really important role in this story. Look at verse uh, 7. Jesus says to the servants, fill the jars with water. Verse 8, Jesus says to them, now draw out and take it to the master of the feast. 
And John particularly underlines in the gospel the obedience of these servants. Notice it twice. Verse 7, Jesus says, fill the water pots. And then John records, and they filled them to the brim. Then verse 8, Jesus says, take to the master of the feast. And John records, so they took it. Now, I want you to think about this. Jesus Christ could easily have turned water into wine without the servants. But he did not choose to do so. God works with his people. He works as we pray and he works as we serve. That is how he works. God's blessing came to these wedding guests from the hand of Jesus Christ. Only he could do the miracle of turning water into wine. Yes, but when did he do it? He did it when someone prayed, and he did it when some servants obeyed. That's when the miracle happened. Gifts of grace come from the hand of Jesus Christ, but they are received by his people where there is prayer with faith and submission, and where there is service with faithfulness and with obedience. So here's the principle for us to get clear in our mind that God will do what only he can do as you do what he has called you to do. God will do what only he can do when you do what he has called you to do. So think about this in simple, wonderful terms. A little boy comes to genuine life-changing faith in Jesus Christ in the Sunday school. That's a miracle that comes from the hand of Christ that changes his heart. But what lies behind that miracle? In what context has that miracle been given? Well, there was a mother who's been praying and there was a Sunday school teacher who stepped forward and said, I'll serve on Sunday mornings. And through that and with that, this blessing of Jesus Christ was imparted. A hundred people are converted in Northfield over the next years. That would be a miracle from the hand of Jesus Christ. And how would it come? It would come in a context where people were praying that such a thing would happen. And people are stepping forward and saying, I'll take an initiative. I'll be part of serving. This to me is one of the greatest incentives for serving Jesus Christ. That he does things not apart from his people, but he does things alongside his people. Here's a woman who prays. Here's servants who obey. And here's a miracle that happens. What do you do when the wine is running out? Well, you pray. You submit yourself to the will of Christ. You don't leave it there. The gift of the new wine is given when the servants are Obedient to all that Jesus Christ has told them to do. And uh, I think that the uh, obedience that they rendered to Jesus Christ really involved a very high level of trust because what he told them to do could not have seemed immediately um, likely to be uh, fruitful. I mean, think about this. The need is that the wine is running out. And Mary says to the servants, now whatever he says to you, do it. Okay, okay. 
And what he says to them is, you see these large water pots over there? They're empty. I want you to go and fill them with water. There's scores of guests out in this wedding. We're the servants. We've got all kinds of requests, all kinds of needs, all kinds of demands. We're trying to keep everybody happy in the wedding. Nobody is asking for water. And um, these jars, we're told, held 20 to 30 gallons each. Now, that means that they had to go to the well and pool between 120 and 180 gallons of water. I mean, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of... I mean, what's all that water for? Whatever he says to you, do it. And then Christ says something even more remarkable. Verse 8. Draw some out, he says to the servants, and take it to the master of the feast. Now, We are not told precisely when this miracle took place. Did the water turn into wine in the pots? Or did the water turn into wine as it was drawn out? We're not told. I suspect the latter. But And if indeed that was the case, then drawing out from a water pot to give to the master of the feast was indeed an extraordinary act of what the Bible calls the obedience of faith. But whatever way it was, they did what Christ told them to do, and a miracle of grace happened when a woman prayed and when servants obeyed. That's what we're learning here. So we are to learn from this story that when we find ourselves in great need, we are to ask of Jesus and to submit to his purpose, and we are to trust in Jesus, and we are to obey his commands. And Christ will work through the prayers of his people, through the obedience of his servants, who take seriously that he says, go into all the world and make disciples. And that is where the blessing, the new wine of uh, joy and of gladness and of the miracles of the work that only Jesus Christ can do is going to happen. Prayerful, obedient servants. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, Seeing and Believing. And if you ever miss one of our messages or if you want to listen again, you can always go online and check out the Open the Bible website. There you can download any of our previous messages entirely free. Also, quite soon, you'll be able to listen to Open the Bible messages on your favorite podcast site. We'll bring you more information about that really soon. Now, back to the message. Here's Colin. So, ask of Jesus, submit to his uh, purpose, trust in Jesus, and obey his commands, the obedience of faith. And here's the third thing. Glorify Jesus and believe What he has done. And I'm looking here at verse 11. This, the first of signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. That means there was an outbreaking or an outshining of the glory of Jesus Christ. And his disciples believed in him. Now, Christ manifested his glory. To whom? Who saw this outshining of the glory of Christ? 
Now, the striking thing here is that the glory of Jesus was revealed, but many people, even who were present at that occasion, evidently did not see it. Christ manifested his glory. But if you ask the question, who saw it? You would have to say, well, Mary did. Uh, the one who asked of Jesus did. The servants did. The ones who obeyed Jesus did. The disciples certainly did. The ones who followed Jesus, they saw his glory. But the emphasis at the end of this story is not so much on those who did see this manifestation of his glory, but those who missed it completely. And went through this wedding in which a miracle from God's son took place and they had no idea of what had happened within a few feet of where they were standing. Look at verse 9. You see that clearly. The master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from. And just to double underline that this is a really important point that's being made at this point in the gospel, John says, ah, but the servants did. Understand that there was a real contrast between those at the wedding who did see the glory of Christ manifested and those who did not. The master of the feast did not know where it had come from. And because he doesn't know where it came from, it's very interesting he gives credit to the wrong place. So he calls over the bridegroom. And he says to the bridegroom, everyone serves the good wine first, verse 10, but you, so he's crediting the bridegroom, you see, but you, you have kept the good wine until now. Praise be to the bridegroom, you see. And I wonder how the bridegroom responded to this. Did he take the credit? Did he say, oh, well, yes, of course, it was all part of the plan that we would serve the uh, best wine last. Or, or maybe he just kind of blew off the compliment. Oh, glad you like the wine. From the way that that is told to us and the way that nothing else is said, it seems very likely that even the bride and the groom themselves did not know what Jesus Christ had done and what blessing he had brought to them. And certainly many of the guests, perhaps most of them, would have gone home completely unaware that they had received a gift and a blessing directly from the hand of Jesus Christ. Back to work on Monday. Hey, how was the wedding? Oh, it went really well. The bride looked beautiful, and they had some pretty good wine at the end. So here is a way, think about this, a wedding full of guests, and they're enjoying the best wine, which is the gift of Jesus Christ. They receive a gift directly from the hand of Jesus Christ, but they do not know where it came from. They give the credit in all the wrong places and go home none the wiser and no closer to God than when they came. And notice how Jesus Christ remains in the background throughout this entire story, as he did in many of the miracles in the earlier part of the Gospels. And so here are all these guests, and they're absorbed in all of the joy of the wedding. They are blessed. But all that they see is servants who are hard at work serving this marvelous wine. They receive the gift, and they do not know the giver. Which reminds us that it is possible to enjoy good gifts from God 
and not yet to have discovered from whom they came. And so I want to say in these last moments here today that there are some here who are blessed greatly. The wine is flowing for you. You have been given the gifts of a happy marriage, a blessed home. You have been prospered in business. Good gifts have been showered into your life in abundance. Where do those good gifts come from? Where are you going to give the credit for all of this good wine that is flowing in your life? And you see, you may say, as so many people do, well, you know what? I have worked hard for what I enjoy. Well, listen, the servants worked hard. They pulled 180 gallons of water from the well. And if it had not been for Jesus Christ, that's all they would have had. 180 gallons of water in stone jars. What was it that caused the hard work to turn into this blessing that flowed and brought such joy to so many people? It was the hand of Jesus Christ. See, unless the Lord builds the house, it's laborers, all your hard work, it's laborers labor in vain. And you may say, as perhaps the master of the feast said, well, you know, I've taken control of, uh, of things. I have taken charge of my life. The master of the feast was in charge of the wedding. And if it had not been for Jesus, the whole thing would have been a complete disaster. Imagine in a little town like Cana being known as the guy who was the master of the feast on the day when the wine ran out. I mean, that would kill your business for being a master of the feast for the rest of your life, wouldn't it? He had no idea of the disaster that Jesus had saved him from and the blessing that Jesus Christ had put into his life. What disasters may have fallen you, befallen you if you had not been kept by the hand of Jesus Christ that you have not even recognized, seen, or known? Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith will fail not. Listen, every good gift, every perfect gift, James says, is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He never changes. Every good gift in every life comes from his hand. And that means every gift. He's not only the Redeemer, he's the Creator as well. Every gift. That means the gift of music that is so rich in your life, the gift of art, the gift of work, the gift of sport, the gift of love, the gift of health, the gift of food, the gift of shelter, the gift of a sound mind, the gift of peace, the gift of joy, all good gifts around us. They're sent from heaven above. So thank the Lord. Yes, thank the Lord for all, all his love. Give to the Lord the glory that is due to his name. And how perverse must the human heart be that we are often so quick to blame God for evil and so slow to thank God for good. Listen, keep this in your mind. 
blame the first Adam for evil and praise the last Adam for good. Blame the first Adam for evil and credit or praise the last Adam for good. See, where has suffering and violence and greed and death come from? The Bible tells us it was by that first Adam. It was since by man came death. By man came death. It was his disobedience, the first Adam's disobedience, that brought all these things, suffering and violence and disease and greed and death, all came in because of him. And because his nature is in all of us, that is why in some degree we suffer in uh, some degree all of these things. But credit the last Adam with good. Because peace and love and joy and freedom all come because of his hand. They are because of his obedience that all of these things come in. And if indeed Jesus Christ is in us, then in increasing measure these things will be ours as well. So here's the glory of Jesus, and it's wonderfully revealed, manifested. Good gifts coming from his hand into the lives of people who don't even know it. But thank God at the end of the story, the glory of Jesus has been revealed, and people who do see it will believe. He manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. We read John saying in chapter 1, we have seen his glory. And here's an example of it right here in front of us. Well, may that be true of all of us today. That we will be believers who believe. And we are believers who believe because as we have opened the word of God and as we have gathered for worship, we have been strengthened with a fresh glimpse of the glory of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, from whom every gift is received into our lives. And may we learn what it is to ask of Jesus, submitting to his purpose and to trust in Jesus obeying his commands and to glorify Jesus, believing in all that he has done. As we finish our broadcast today, I think we can all make that our prayer that all of us would see something of God's glory today. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, Seeing and Believing. And if you missed the first part of that message, or if you ever want to go back and listen to any of our previous messages, remember you can always do that by going to the website. That's openthebible.org.uk. There you can download an MP3 for free or stream the message directly from the website. Also on the Open the Bible website, you'll find Open the Bible Daily. These are a series of short two- to three-minute reflections written by Pastor Colin and read by Sue McLeish. There's a new one on the website every day. You can find Open the Bible on all the major social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. If you use any of these sites, we'd love it if you would follow us. We're easy to find. Our username is the same on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. It's at UKOpenTheBible. On YouTube, it's at Open the Bible UK. You can also find us using the search on any of the sites, UK Open the Bible. Once you've found us on social media, please follow us or subscribe to our channel. And when you see one of our postings, 
please like it. Or better still, retweet or resend it with your thoughts and comments. That way we get seen by all your followers and they have the opportunity to follow us too. Let's grow the Open the Bible community. For Open the Bible and Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and I very much hope you'll join us again next time. What does it mean to die in the Lord? Find out next time on Open the Bible.